Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm joined by Josh. Good morning, afternoon, Josh. Good morning, afternoon, Gray. Um, and we are here today to recap not only Transfer Deadline Day, but the window as a whole. Um, and I think that both of us would agree that it was a solid window that was marred by a last day that promised much but delivered absolutely nothing. So, let's get right into it. Um, City, obviously, very busy early, particularly in the market. They got most of the targets that they sought out to get. Um, They got three fullbacks. They got another attacker. They ultimately signed, essentially, five major players in goalkeeper Ederson, Bernardo Silva, and then the fullbacks, Kyle Walker, Danilo, and Benjamin Mendy. Um, Alexis Sanchez did not happen, and we will obviously discuss that at length. Um, And there was no center back in the end, as the club were unable to ship Eliakim Mangala off, foisting him on another team. So, how much does the rather disappointing last day and last week of the window mar the rest of the window in your mind? It is very hard for me to uh, provide a grade for this window because there are a couple of different lenses through which this game or this transfer window it, it should should be viewed. Um, first and foremost, let's start out with the fact that Alexis was the known primary target and Manchester City didn't even engage Arsenal until the final day of the season. Um, that to me is piss poor business. And I don't think there's any way to get around that. And I think it would be unfair to just be like, well, they got all the targets that they wanted with the exception of Alexis. So, you know, be happy. No, they needed another center back and they needed forward cover and they miserably botched both of them. I mean, miserably botched those offers. Um, so you have to hold that against Manchester City. Then, Lensby, you have to look at Bernardo Silva, Ederson, Benjamin Mendy, Kyle Walker, and, and, and so on, uh, Danilo, who are just they were quality transactions by city. I mean, really quality transactions. Um, they still haven't broken their transfer record for all the crap that people lob at city about how they're ruining the game. Their transfer record is 54.3 million pounds for Kevin De Bruyne. So suck it. Um, you know, like United have had have paid ninety plus in two consecutive windows, 
and City have paid 54.3 for Kevin De Bruyne, and that's their transfer record. And I would say that based off performance, Kevin De Bruyne has been more than worth the valuation. Um, so uh, this team, much like the transfer window last year, uh, it. it you know, it was solid. Um, I look forward to seeing how these new guys integrate. Benjamin Mendy is just an absolute unit along the left flank. Um, almost big unit-esque, if you will. Um, I just don't understand how a dude like that size with his bulking mass and uh, can move that quickly and and has an end product that is I mean I can't count the number of balls he just zipped in there um, but I also have to say you know it looks really bad when and, and perhaps it's saved today by the fact that Barcelona couldn't get the Coutinho deal done but uh, you know, you're leaving things till the last and not getting a player that's that important to you or covering the back. To me, getting a guy like Johnny Evans was far more important than getting a guy like Alexis, though I'll understand and listen to anybody who says Alexis is a bigger need. I think that going into the season with the current number of fullbacks is just asking for trouble. How much of what, in, and I would note that many of the big deals that were rumored to, the, like the huge, like the Coutinho deal and the Sanchez deal, and most of the big deals that were rumored that went down to the wire just didn't get done this summer for whatever reason. Um, but I guess how much? Let me let me play devil's advocate here, if I may, because it's fun. Um, how much of the Alexis Sanchez saga going down the way it did is down to City? Because all of it. Let me. I strongly disagree with you. I'm just joking. I don't think okay. all of it. Yeah, because well, the point I would make is that, um, well, I know I'm not terribly happy that they didn't get they got a bid accepted on the last day, and that was the first bid they got accepted. Um, but until literally two weeks ago, Arsenal wouldn't even engage them. They've known since May that Manchester City had made Alexis Sanchez their top target. This could not have caught them by surprise. They couldn't have been sitting there and then hearing the bid coming on deadline day and been like, oh, well, this is a shock. Don't, not, don't give me, that's nonsense. And I know Arsenal tried to spin it and say, well, it's City's fault for or for waiting so long. Well, you wouldn't even talk about it for like ninety percent of the summer. So you know, and 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 by all indications, there was a significant change in Arsenal's thinking following their loss to Liverpool, in which they just got completely embarrassed and played off the pitch. And it, 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 that seemed to be the moment when they realized that, gee, maybe we, instead of trying to push on and play tough guy with all these wants away players, we should maybe think about how their presence impacts the rest of the dressing room and how they play when they're on the pitch and all that nonsense. But 
I can buy that City have some culpability in how they handle this, but at the same time, I look at Arsenal and I look at how they handled the whole situation and how they basically didn't make their mind up until four days before the end of the window and only put into motion significant, meaningful plans to replace Alexis Sanchez on the last day of the window, which was their self-imposed... you know, condition, I suppose is the word, and how they're throwing around Raheem Sterling's swap deals, and that was entirely them, just to clarify. Like, all this nonsense in the papers that City are all... No, I don't buy that for a second. This was Arsenal trying to make a statement in the press. But, frankly, I think City have been ready with the wallet open since May, and Arsenal World. I'm sorry, 55 and 5 is not ready with the wallet open. That is a miserably pathetic bid. But it was accepted. They took. They the yeah, but it was accepted on the premise that they got got another player. There is a difference between bidding enough that okay, hey, we'll accept this, and bidding enough that they're like, all right, we're going to sell you the player either way, like. The amount that City bid literally lent itself to Arsenal needing a replacement. Like, they they had to go out and they had to find a replacement. And they would only have so much money to work with on said replacement um, because they did buy Lacazette. And, and, and it's, you know, I mean, I know they sold Oxlade-Chamberlain, but... Turned the profit this summer, God bless them. Right, right, but I'm saying they would have had more money to work with to where they could have gone to uh, to Lamar and said, hey, look, weaken up your wages, you know? Like, the amount of time that everybody left this till, because, look, City does, like, the thing about wanting your number one player is that you don't wait for Arsenal to engage. You engage Arsenal. And you beat down their door saying, hey, dude, we want this guy. Like, what's it going to take to get it done? Kevin De Bruyne went for, yeah, that would have beat the record. Like, and and by less than a million dollars. Like, it's, or a million pound. Like, it's, it's, I don't know. I feel like the bid was accepted because Arsenal knew that they were could put in for somebody that if they didn't get it, the bid was low enough that they could kick it back and say, you know what? Hey, we went out and tried, but uh, yeah, we couldn't find a replacement. And, and it even said, like, there were rumors in the press that if City had gone back in with a bigger bid, like, they, then, then Arsenal may have been willing to talk. I firmly believe that if City had gone in there and said, look, we're going to do $70 million with up to another $5 million for add-ons, are you, are you ready to talk about selling Alexis Sanchez? Like, that to me says they're serious. Because that's what he's worth. If you say that Alexis Sanchez, the best player... That, that you can think of, that you can get to come to City, he's the number one target, the number one dude, and you're only willing to pay less than a million dollars more than you did for Kevin, million pound more than you did for Kevin De Bruyne? 
that doesn't that doesn't say serious business to me. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. I don't buy it because if they had any indication that seventy million straight cash would have gotten it done, they would have done that in July. I don't. Need yes, it. they would have. They have wanted him so badly for two summers now. They were willing to go way over their original. He can't possibly Mickey, say this. Walker. And and everyone that they they wanted. didn't go over. They they met. They they tried to lowball Spurs until Daniel Levy finally said, "This is what you're going to pay, and if you don't pay it, we're going to end these negotiations." And that was when City met Tottenham's valuation. Monaco saw that City were basically over a barrel because they'd sold off every single player. So Mendy came in at just about the same that they paid for Walker. Now you're telling me that Alexis Sanchez is worth the same as Kyle Walker and Benjamin Mendy? Is that what you're telling me? It's not what I'm telling you. Then if you, if, 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 if you don't think that they're worth the same, then it wasn't a serious bid. It How was can a bid. It wasn't a serious bid when they accepted the bid. Because if they, they, Lamar, they would have gotten him. Right. But they went after a target that was going to cost them a serious penny, wasn't likely to leave, and in fact shot them down on the first go. Right. Lamar had been approached by how many clubs this summer, and he'd rebuffed a lot of them. Like, there were a lot, there was a ton of interest in Lamar this year, and there's a reason he's still where he's at. And, and I'm sorry, I do not think 55 is a serious bid. It's a bid that got done because Arsenal knew that that Lamar deal wasn't going to work and that they could say, hey, you know what? It, it, it made City look good, like it allowed their fans to get excited for a second, like, hey, they, you know, they they got some business done, and but then now you can blame Arsenal. And in turn, Arsenal can blame City, saying that they left it too late. It, it, it frees up culpability for basically however you want to assign blame, like... However you choose to, to see the situation, I, I think it's a 50-50 deal um, in this one. I, I think both parties, because if Arsenal really, really wanted to, to sell Alexis, then they should have engaged on a guy like Lamar. Like, don't wait until France is three hours from kickoff to send Coachelny Giroux, etc., in there to try and convince him, you know, like you're kind of leaving it to the last with yeah, that. I'll but say blame aside, I just I cannot fathom what it must be like to be an Arsenal fan at this point because watching that from right. that perspective was just such a seri- a colossal series of nonsensical not knowing. Like, okay, you finally come around to selling Sanchez, which it seemed that they at least were close to doing. And you, all you can do is go in for a guy who, you know, you have, apparently you haven't either, you haven't vetted him enough to know that he doesn't want to come and play in the Europa League, or you have, and you just, you know, maybe there's a point to what you're saying. Maybe that was for show. But it's, it's just, they, that's what I feel it was because Wenger held out all the year long I mean, saying get, he wasn't going to sell him. By, as reports indicate, they did actually get the bid accepted by Monaco, but they couldn't get the player to come. So, right. um, 
you know, Arsenal quickly finding out just how hard it is to sign players when you're in, when you're in the Europa League. I think Arsenal are finding out that people realize the club is what it is, people which are seeing is through the facade at this point. Yeah, and 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 I think Liverpool like they're. Liverpool fans are going to sit there and say, like, oh, they came out with a win today, but I don't think they did. I think any time you rebuff Barca after Barca made a serious bid and, and you come back at the end of transfer deadline day and you basically so, give you them some good – Yeah, now you have a very cranky player, and I won't be surprised if he suffered a lot of injuries this year. And there is something to be said, I think, for Pep Guardiola's strategy of I'm not going to keep you if you don't want to yeah. be here, even if I want you. Like – Yep. Kolarov was in his plans. We know this to be true. He has said as much, but he asked to leave, and he said, you know, I'm not going to. I mean, obviously comparing Alex Kolarov's importance to Man City and Alexis Sanchez's importance to Arsenal is not exactly on the same plane, but the general theory, in, uh, I think, is... <laughs> as in a world in which Kolarov is as important to Man City yeah, let's not imagine that world. Um, uh, fair enough. But, but, you know, I mean, the general principle of it, I think, is sound if you have... Because Arsenal have known for a while that Alexis Sanchez doesn't want to be there. Um, by all accounts, he is absolutely furious that this broke down. Apparently, he had... Some people even go as far as to report that he had already provisionally signed the city contract with the... With the uh, with the understanding that if the transfer went through, he would be uh, a City player already. So, you know, he's he's ticked. Also reports that City are going to go back in January on a cut price um, deal. They have given him their assurances on that. So I guess we'll see. Um, it makes sense. There's no, there's no way in hell that he's going to be signing a new contract. No, whoever's in his ear has sufficiently apparently convinced him that this was all Arsenal's fault, which, you know, fine by me if you want to believe that. Yeah, I was going to say, um, this is, to, to, to me, you, when, you, when you go back in, in January, um, not only do they know now that Alexis doesn't want to be there, by December, by January, rather, they will know for sure that he does not want to be there. You know, like, if you can't get him to sign a new contract by then, like, you might as well make the deal. I mean, he'll be able to talk to foreign clubs without Arsenal sanctioning it by, in January. So, yep. you know, it's, it's, by that point, it's real, and you're... It's, you're no longer dealing in hypotheticals. You're like, okay, literally say Bayern Munich could walk in the door today, call up his agent, offer him this, and he could sign, and we could do nothing about it. So at that point, I think no matter how how strong Arsene Wenger wants to look for his fans, and even if we could even discuss that Arsene Wenger's attempts to put his foot down have ended up in a complete Pyrrhic victory, um, but, you know, by that point, it doesn't matter, like, what kind of front you want to put on. There's nothing you can do at that point anymore. Um, yeah. so, you know, I guess we'll see. And they'll also have ample time and warning 
to do something to replace him, if that's what they're going to do. But yeah, I think the appeal of Arsenal all is 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 fading quickly because you look yep. at you, you look at how they they brought in players like Sanchez and Ozil and how the how things have gone down with them is going to be something of a cautionary tale for many players because you look and you now have not only did you have a player in Alexis Sanchez who has given everything and will continue to give everything because he is the type of player um, yeah, he's not going to quit he's, he's on not, them. He's going to be really pissed off off the field, and he'll probably train poorly, and he'll probably cause them a fair number of headaches. But, you know, you put him on the field and you put a football in front of him, he's going to. He's, he's like Carlos Tavis in that regard. There's a lot of nonsense, mm-hmm. but you get him out there and you know what you're getting. But, you know, you you got a guy there who's given... I think the headaches will be media-created. That's true. I think, I, I think that... Alexi Sanchez, I, I woke up this morning wondering if Alexi Sanchez had given an interview about, like, his perspective. Because I, I truly believe someone's going to get that interview. And that's 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 when we're going to know just how pissed he is in Arsenal. The Raheem and, Sterling BBC interview. Right, right, Exactly. This is where we're going to find out just where Arsenal stand with him by how much he lights them up in that interview. Um, and then and then January is going to roll around. And I realize that other clubs could come in and try and sign him, but they have to sign him. And at the end of the day, even when Arsenal were engaging in talks with other teams – Sanchez priced himself out of every move. Like he knows where he wants to yeah, go. Every this move is, except City. Yeah, this is like this, looking for like a hundred and fifty thousand a week more from Bayern Munich than he was asking of Manchester City. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. He was being absurd for no for no other reason I mean, than than your directive. PSG wanted him, and he was like, "Okay." I'm a little surprised PSG didn't just say screw it and yeah. and well. They ended up with Mbappe, so I guess it all works out, doesn't it? I, I don't want to hear Maybe. anything. I don't. I don't want to hear anything else about City ruining football after PSG summer. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's funny that we're getting City are getting taken to, uh, uh, or have been rung up about financial fair play um, by the LFP. So. Yet another financial fair play. Let's see if they actually do anything this time. Well, unlike unlike uh, uh, PSG, City ha- only spent a net of 130 million. Well, I mean, City have also been very careful with PSG, and their their previous violation was basically over UEFA moving the goalposts over past wages. They've been very mindful of the restrictions. PSG just had an entire foreign government by Neymar for them. So that's, yeah. that's I think I think the uh, city have done nothing of that sort, and I think that the uh, would be offenses are just a little bit unequal in that regard. Um, so yeah. Um, but it's UEFA, and you never know with UEFA. Do you? But I imagine that if City got popped for anything that they wouldn't sit back and take it like they did, you know. Right. Uh, if, they're, uh, if they're facing expulsion from European competition, they're going to fight it with two Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, 
let's talk about um, the defense now because, look, did Johnny Evans inspire me? No, not really. Um, but would he have been probably one of the better depth signings they could get at that point in the window? Yeah, he would have. Um, but apparently the move has broken down over the, the, the uh, club's inability to get Eliakim Mangala off the wage bill. So he's still here, has been named in the Premier League squad. And that was after, after Crystal Palace sent in a bid of 23, which was way more, which was 3 million more. Didn't they accept than it and he just said no? Yeah. He wanted Inter. Yeah. He wanted Inter and Inter wouldn't go in with him for more than a loan move. Yep. So so he basically cock-blocked the whole deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, which my, my reaction to that was, I mean, okay, enjoy sitting on the bench for the entire But season. he's not going to, and he knows it. He's the yeah. only, he's the third center back. He recognizes, or the fourth center back. He recognizes that there are going to be valuable minutes for him, and he's like, look, if I'm not going to get to go to the club that I want, then I'm going to play at a club that are competing at a high level, which is why I think he wanted to go to Inter. He wanted to go to a club that he sees as on the rise. And uh, uh, when when that wouldn't happen for a variety of reasons, um, it... it, it uh, I don't know. I, I think it pretty much put the idea in his head that unless a club came along that he really, like, excuse me, one of those clubs that you don't expect to go in for you, you know, unless that happened, then I, think I figured... He, I think he would have gone back to... Too. Where was he at? Seville? Uh, oh, yeah. He was Valencia. Yeah, he was. I think if Valencia had gone back in for him, he might have done it. Um, obviously, Inter. But, you know, his, his Premier League interest was Crystal Palace and West Brom. And I suppose I can get why he wouldn't want to do either of those. But, you know, it sucks from a City perspective. Um, so what, what do you think all that means for City's defense? Do you, is, is, does obviously... Pep has tried to flog Mangala off twice now, so it's obvious that he doesn't really see him as part of his plans. But now, I, I guess now he kind of has to be, doesn't he? Yeah, there's really no choice, and that's kind of what I meant when I was saying that like he he saw the minutes at City and was like, well, look, if I'm not going to go to a club that's going to compete in the Champions League and, and, and give me some high-profile playing time, then I'm just... I'm going to stay at Manchester City. Where I mean, look, we all know that Vincent Company is just one day away from another injury, you know? We, we hate it. We hope it doesn't happen. I'm knocking on wood right now. I suggest you do the same. But it's it's a dangerous, dangerous fact of reality with Manchester City. And I honestly think that three at the back puts a little bit more pressure on them. Um, but I can see why people would feel like two at the back would put more pressure. I, I think three at the back does. 
especially because each guy has like a different role when you play a back three and, and some of them go off and do other things and it's just it's, it can turn into a mess at times um, but either way running wise City ask their defenders to get pretty far forward so Vinny is going to be there are going to be instances where Vinny is going to have to do a full court sprint um, and uh, frankly I'm nervous as hell how about you always I mean there's no there's as long as Vincent Company is being relied upon by Manchester City, I'm going to be nervous about it. There's no real... I, th- I think everyone feels that way, just because, you know, you'd like to not be, but there have been so many injuries that it's just, it's impossible not to be. So, you know, it's a worry. Um, I, I, I just... I'd like to think that Mangala could help in a pinch. I mean, he he has the he has the physique. He has you, you like to think that he has the potential to have the skills. But at this point, we are talking about a uh, 26-year-old who's going to be 27 next in February. Um, and you're at that point, you are you're you're kind of getting past the point where you can mold mold anyone mold the guy like that into what you want the time has probably already passed to be honest so it, it's this is just going to be i think an instance where you hopefully are left in a situation where you don't need to rely on him and you can pick your spots to spell others where you want to put him in instead of like having to throw him in against chelsea or manchester united or someone like that um you know, I think if that ends up being the case, it works out fine. But you're always gambling on company's fitness, and that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, that's not an untrue statement. I mean, at the end of the day, it's one of those things that you're going to be rolling the dice with every time he takes the pitch. He is officially listed as an injury-prone player, and with good reason, and it doesn't matter whether he gets through this year without injury, it could just as easily start up again the following year, you know? He may just have a year off of injury, so... Which I think that's kind of what fans are hoping for, you know? And he is getting older. I would be thrilled. Right. He is getting older, so it's he's coming down to the end of his 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 usefulness in this system. I, I mean, everyone, even you know, there's there's two careers for players like company. There's you know, the career as a whole. There is your career as a top flight player. Pablo Zabaleta's career is not over, but his career as a top flight player is over. So, you know, I company is going to be 32 by the end of this season, and he's probably only has another year or two at the top level at most if he can if. stay healthy during that period. So, you know, it, it would not surprise me to see. I think next summer, I think I can already tell you two two positions that City are going to prioritize: midfield and center back. A Vigel type midfield player. And a center back. Yep. Yep. 
I was thinking the same thing. Like, I think that's why Pep Guardiola is going to sign an extension is because I think it's yeah. going to take three transfer windows to fully load everyone up. I was surprised and Pep's also yeah. going to know, too, whether or not he can work with guys like Leroy Sané or Raheem Sterling by that point. Like, are they making enough progress or is it time to sell them on and bring in someone else? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was thinking about that the other well, night, I think too. this is a big year for Raheem Sterling. I do, too. Um, and he's off, Although, he's off to an encouraging start for it, so. I feel like he's done more than Leroy Sané has. Sané had a better second half of last season. Fair, um, but Sterling, he still yeah. had first half. He did. But, you know, I'm willing to put that down to settling. And this year he hasn't really gotten a chance because they stuck him at left wing back, which is obviously not good. Yeah, he's not a left wing. No, no. So, um, yeah, I, I think... I think Sané has already hit a, has, has hit a peak that's high enough to think, okay, yeah, he's, he's good. Um, Sterling has hit, has hit, has gone through peaks and valleys, and he's in a peak right now, and hopefully he can keep it up. But, um, yeah, I, I was kind of surprised they didn't go in for midfielder this summer, but then I sat down and looked and thought, okay, they're prioritizing the fullback position this summer, rightfully so. They don't really have the room to go all out for someone in the midfield. That's going to be next summer. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind that's going to be next summer. So, yeah, I think the three transfer window theory is, is the right one. Um, that's, they're going to, they'll probably bring in another actual left back. Or no, not left yeah. back. Yeah, le- actually left back, yeah. So, left back. I was surprised that they didn't go get a guy like Serge Aurier when, when, when you see how much he went for. You're like, and they didn't sign this guy for $23 million. Why? Obviously didn't think he was... Well, isn't isn't Aurier a right back? Uh, yes, but Danilo was playing cover on the right side, so... Danilo's a natural or, right back who can cover on the left. Yeah, well, he can be a left. Yeah, left it's not as natural. Well, I, don't, I don't think they see Danilo's long-term future as left back, basically. Well, he... And Aurier, I think, have. <laughs> well, then if you say Aurier, you have three right backs, natural right backs, and one left back, naturally. So. I, don't, I, I just don't think they see Danilo's future as a left back. I think they see it as a right back, and they'll deal with the other left. And they can think he can cover for a left back for a year, and then they'll deal with that more fully next summer. Well, yeah, fair enough. But, um, yeah. So. Let's let's let, overall let's 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 break this last question down because it is kind of two questions. When we look back at this window in five, six, seven, eight years, who do we think is going to be the best signing for this window? I'm torn between two players, and you can probably guess which two they are. Kyle Walker and Benjamin Mendy. No, Benjamin Mendy and Bernardo Silva. No. I think Kyle Walker and Benjamin Mendy. I I think that's. Uh, I do think it will be Mendy personally. 
I I look at Kyle Walker and what he already provides to the team, and I'm like, this guy's already making a dominant impact. Why am I going to roll with a guy who's going to be uh, a coming off the bench type player? Like Kyle Walker is pretty damn important. So <laughs> I think I think, and I also think he's going to have fewer injuries than Benjamin Mendy. So. I, if I have Mindy on there, I'm going to have Walker on there. I just think we've talked about this, and I, and I say it in the same way you did. City have spent no money on fullbacks, like like $7 million on fullbacks in like the last seven years. So not only did City need fullbacks desperately, it was visibly apparent when when Kyle Walker was out there, like it was like watching sex run up and down a field. Like the way he was able to cut off some of those, they still lost the game to Manchester United, but the way he was able to cut off some of the, like you could just tell City was playing with, uh, uh, a lesser team. They were doing it on purpose. I don't think they had any intention of giving United anything. Like, not a damn look at anything. Like, we're going to play a whole bunch of dudes that would... It was also their first preseason game, so it was super primordial. Yeah, yeah. And, and United, I think, had played one or two at that point. Um, so they were, they were obviously in a little bit better form. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I feel like Kyle Walker provides so much to City already. He's so good on the ball. He's so good at creating. The problem that Kyle Walker has had is that everybody kind of agrees that the 4-1-4-1 or the 4-3-3 is the best formation for City. And I think that that allows Kyle Walker to sort of switch off those rotating runs with with the uh, wingers. And, and that's where City, I think, are going to be at their most deadly, is when you've got speed overlapping speed. Yeah, I agree completely. So. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement with you on that point. Um, for me, I just think that, um, you know, if Benjamin Mendy can stay fit enough, I think his ceiling is so high. Um, and I, I say Silva because by the time, you know, I'm talking like in five, six-year windows, he will be a starter by the end of that point. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, but I am going to go with Mendy just because I'm I'm super excited about what he brings and what he can grow into still. Um, what do you think City will most? I, I you already touched on it, and I think I'm going to agree with you. But the the thing that City will come to regret most about this window is it bringing in the lack of defensive cover that they brought in. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be their biggest regret because I think it's going to come back to bite them in the ass at the worst possible time with either a red card or a, a, a yellow accumulation that forces somebody to sit out in a physical 
uh, Champions League series, and then all of a sudden City have to revert back to that four-two-four-two that looked like a bunch of like it. That was like a one billion dollar team of players that had never played a game before. Like I, the four-four-two just looks so awful. Like I don't even know where to begin with how bad City looked in a four-four-two. Um, I'm, I don't know. Uh, okay. So let me ask you, I mean, I, I know that Benjamin Mendy's personality and his, his tweets are one of the reasons that you enjoy him. But why do you think Benjamin Mendy is going to be the 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 best player? And why and who do you think City will come not to regret? I I don't I, look I I, I want to say this I feel like Alexis Sanchez is a bigger whiff than Johnny Evans, but I feel like deciding way too late that you were going to actually spend more money on center backs was the poor decision. That's what I hate them. If they had done this earlier, maybe they have their eye on... And they were being on, linked to so many other center backs, and they didn't act on it until late on. Yeah. And yeah. It was, that, it was weird to me. That frustrated me more than anything. It was like but they if you're talking back about, and forth on, on on whether they wanted one and who they wanted and what. Diego Martinez. <laughs> I really wish they'd assign him just to hear you have to do that all season. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think. Look, I like Kyle Walker. Um, I'm not trying to get hung up on the age thing, but he's 27. He is what he yeah. is. He's a really good player, but he is what he is. Benjamin Mendy is a 23-year-old whose ceiling is, I think, higher than Kyle Walker's, ultimately. I don't think he's as good as Kyle Walker right now, but I think he has the potential to be better than Kyle Walker down the road. Um, And, you know, there aren't a lot of elite fullbacks in world football, if we can be honest. They're hard to find. They're really hard to come across, which is why people cling to them when they get them. Marcelo is... You've got your Marcellos, and I know he's retired now, but you had your Philip Loms before Pep moved into midfield, and you've got your, you know, I, geez, I don't even know. Um, Aspilicueta yeah, is... Yeah, there's a case there. Absolutely. He was, you know, Zabaleta was for a while. Um, yeah. But, you know, they're just so hard to find. And the teams that have them usually are already like the Real even Madrid then, Barcelona's who aren't going to let them go. Even then... When you do have a player like that, they come with a massive deficiency. Like Marcelo, you like Marcelo in a one-on-one situation is about like Real Madrid fans' worst nightmare. Like Marcelo is a Brazilian defender at the end of the day. Um, he he. Benjamin Mendy is is known more for getting up. Like Philip Lom, on the other hand, wasn't exactly a guy who could get forward. And like 
Like, the, the announcers were joking when Philip Long shot and it just went wide, like, in the Champions League. That, like, he almost broke his own record, uh, and, uh, almost ruined his record by scoring in a Champions League game. Like, he just doesn't provide anything going forward, and that was sort of the case with Zabaleta. He, like, he's great defensively, but didn't give you much going forward a lot. Um, but but that's not to say that people were inept going forward or that Marcelo is inept defensively. It's just that each world-class fullback out there has a big detraction. Like, Kyle Walker was what he kept for a while was just an unbelievably creative fullback, but he wasn't as good defensively. Yeah. Guys like that. Yeah, it always feels like you have to pick one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great way of summarizing it. That's kind of what I was thinking in my head. It's like you you either get a guy who's a strong offensive asset and who can whip balls into the box like nobody's business and, and just bull past people, or you get a guy who's just a defensive juggernaut, you know, like your Caesar Aspilicueta is like, you're not getting the ball past him. That was a neat trick. That was some good footwork, but I'm going to take it from you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree on the defensive cover. I don't feel great about um, if, if any one of them goes down, not even just company, but if Otamendi goes down or if Stones goes down for any period of time, then you're relying... Less worried about Otamendi going down. Yeah, he seems to be pretty... Of a, a pretty sturdy constitution, as they would say. Even when he's rolling around, I'm like, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I, I mean, but, you know, you have to consider every, every possibility, and it would be irresponsible not to. And so right. it is a worry. It is absolutely a worry if any defender gets but- We'll know when Otamendi gets hurt. Yeah, if like, Otamendi gets hurt, there's probably going to be, like, a bone sticking out somewhere or something like well, that. Well, and that and the expression on his face, like, you know how, like, when you've been with somebody long enough, you know their, like, I'm fine face is I'm full of crap? You know? Like, it, it's going to be that sort of thing. Like, we've seen Otamendi fake so many injuries that when a real one happens, we'll know it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, I'm in agreement with you on um, the uh, the the issue. So. But do you do? Are you in agreement that 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 Alexi Sanchez was the bigger whiff? Yeah, it, it looks worse. But I'm also, you know, I I feel oddly confident that the January thing will work out. Obviously, it could all blow up. A ton of things can change between now and January, but. You know, it just, it feels like he has his heart set on this, and it feels like City will do what's necessary to make it happen at some point, so it's just kind of, yeah, it sucks, it's pretty embarrassing, but it just, it still feels like something that will eventually come to fruition, either in six, either in four months, or in, you know, eight, I don't know, but it just... It's, it's a setback, and it's an embarrassment, but it feels rather temporary, if that makes sense. Yeah, I just... 
I'm with you. I know I talked you into the idea that he's rebuffed everyone, but until he's in a city... There is no such thing as a done deal until... Yeah. We have played that multiple times this summer. Like, like... Believe me, I am not trying to be like, oh yeah, they're definitely... I I feel confident, but there's a lot that can go wrong. And I'm well aware of that. A lot can change between now and January. Do well, not take this as a, uh, as a, you know, my confidence should not be taken I, as more than it is, which is just confidence. I gotta be honest, man. Like, I don't. Look, okay. We're talking about dudes being 32 and, and, and whatnot and being on the wrong side of the hill, like, by the time City actually get Alexis... Yeah, believe me, I've thought about that, too. Like, I, I'm, I'm not convinced it's gonna have been worth everything. Messi's out of contract next summer. Yes, he is. <laughs> and Bar... Can, can you imagine? Just, I don't actually think this will happen. I don't think Barcelona would let it happen. But can you imagine if they don't have an option? No, they don't have an option. But can you imagine if Man City signed Lionel Messi on a free? If Man City, God, man, I I know we've kind of both thrown some cold water on the idea of Messi at City in the past. But if you can, if they could sign Lionel Messi on a free, I would just cry. yeah. If 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 Lionel Messi comes out on a free and he decides I want to play in the Premier League with my old manager Pep, if he doesn't sign by January, they can talk to him. I I I I don't care what you pay him per week. Like I will walk his dog. Like I'll scrub his dog's balls. Like, I'll do what needs to be done to fake one team here. <laughs> I do wonder what happens if if they get to January and Messi still has not re-upped with Barca. And you're, are you at that point, 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 I think City hey, do Alexis, get you Lionel's available, or do you just sign them both and then sign them both next summer? Sign them both and 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 yeah. Why would Aguero go anywhere? Sign them both and let Aguero fucking stay too. <laughs> Sign what? all the four. Let us put together the South American confed- like uh, the South American All Star team here. Um, we already have Otamendi. Um, we already have Gabriel Jesus. So you know. It's a pity that it's too late to go in for Neymar, but let's just sign up the South American national, t- the uh, South America, yeah, the nation of South America. <laughs> Damn it, Gray. Um, the South American All-Star team. You know what? I, I am completely down, and if I, I swear to you, if, Le- <laughs> if if Lionel Messi is not. Is, is is not signed up or hasn't given Barcelona any indication about what he's going to do because this is the last chance he gets. It is. If he re-signs with Barca now, he's never leaving Barcelona. End of story. Except, maybe, except to go back to Argentina at the end of his career, maybe. Yeah, I mean... I, I kind of, it is his last chance to move to another high-level club like Manchester City. 
Right. That's what I'm looking at is at, does Lionel Messi view the Barcelona project as one that's because this is the last contract he's really going to sign at all. To if you give him a four-year contract now, he's going to be 34, 35. Yeah. And, 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 and at so, that point, you're either staying with Barca or you are going back to like Newell's or something. Right. And, and I, I just wonder if Lionel Messi isn't looking at the Barcelona project and saying, you know what? Neymar was he, he had there's something to it, you know. Um, Suarez and, ain't getting any younger either. Yeah, Suarez isn't getting any younger. They, they as far as the youth products go, like La Masia is not what it didn't, once was. Didn't their best La Masia defender just leave for Manchester City? Yeah. Mm. I mean, La Masia is not what it is. And when it comes to the young Spanish talent, Real Madrid, you know, you look at Marco Asensio, like, I mean. He's one of my favorite players in the world. The the top young Spanish player in, 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 in La Liga and might even be one of the better players in La Liga. Obviously not the best because they have the two best in the world. But so that's what Marco Asensio is one of those guys where if you had like a world football fantasy draft, I would be targeting him very early. Oh yeah, man! Like he'd be he'd be one of the strikers I targeted like with the quickness. But, yeah, if you're messy and you look at all that and you say this project and and whatnot is not going the right way, if I stay here, I'll have been loyal to Barca, but I'm not going to win anything else. I've been been loyal to Barca, but how loyal have Barca been to me, I guess, is is one way to put it. That's weird because Barca have been pretty loyal to him, but, like, in terms of continuing to try to win at the highest level. That's I don't feel like they've supplied him. Like yeah. they scrambled yeah. and they, got they, Usman. Usman Dembele like had to throw. Really yeah, he but he had to throw the world's biggest hissy fit yeah. in order to get he, it done. He had to stop turning up for training and like go MIA. Yeah, and not respond to the coaches. Like he basically had to cut off contact with. He basically pulled the Jadon Sancho. Like. On one hand, I'm a little bummed over that one, but on the other hand, if that's how you're going to act, get out. Yeah, exactly. Get the hell out. Um, and honestly, if he felt his path to the first team was blocked, then that means he doesn't think he's good enough anyways, because as I recall, if he plays on the left-hand side, who's blocking him? I think he, if he had stuck it out, he would have had every chance to make it team within two, three years. Yep. I am bummed because I do think he could be a good player, but again, if that's the attitude you're going to have, then you're just, you're not cut out for this. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think Messi will end up playing anywhere else, but if it gets to December and he's not signed then I become more and more open to the idea that he may finish his career at another club. Just give give himself one more different challenge. Yeah. 
He's only going to have, I don't know if the Premier, how much appeal the Premier League holds for him. If it holds any, I don't know how badly he wants to work with Pep Guardiola again. But like we said, if either of those things are high on his bucket list, so to speak, it's now or never. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's an interesting proposition, though I still admit, I still think that there's a hint of pipe dream inherent in it, but... I don't know. I think yeah, we'll that... We'll see what happens in three, four they, months. They always felt like... They, I they didn't wanted, think Neymar would leave until Neymar left. They wanted to get Messi. They wanted to get Pep Guardiola. I'm just saying, man. I, I mean, if you believe the stories, Messi was ready to leave last summer and to go into Manchester City, and then basically Luis Suarez locked him in at dinner and talked him out of it. Yeah, I, 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 I truly believe that the reason he hasn't signed the deal, like you don't generally let deals run this close, like, and then you look at Barcelona's transfer window, like Nelson Somedo is a great player, um, that's that'll have provide some help on the left hand side, and and Usman Dembele, another great player. But you lost a world-class player. You lost one of the top five players in the world. Like, Usman Dembele is a great player, but he's not that. Like, Barca, it may be time for the club. And, and, you know, they may look at it with Messi and say, do we want to commit ourselves to him being the centerpiece for another four years? Like... People don't want to come to Barca because they feel like they have to you take a backseat to Lionel Messi. You know, if you're promised to be the guy at Barca or you think you can have a chance to be the guy at Barca, then maybe more players will start giving the club a, a look. But I feel like clubs like Real Madrid and Barca, they get who they want. But that's because the people that they target, they know by and large that they're they've got their eyes on bigger prizes. Like they've openly talked about wanting to be in Spain at one of those two clubs or something. Like it's it's sort of like compromat, you know. Like they've they've heard them mention it before, and they just kind of like slide into those DMs, and they're like, "So." <laughs> but I I I'm with you, but I man, my heart until I see it confirmed one day, and I'm sure I will. Uh, I'm I'm going to hold out hope that Lionel Messi, in fact, does want to play in Manchester with Pep one more time and see what they can do, because that would mean that one of the two greatest players in the world uh, have put on a Manchester City shirt, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> If you can get Messi on a free, I don't care how many years he has left at, at such a high level. It's probably too early, but that's enough. Oh, look, if you I get don't... in this club to the next level, there's, yeah. there's a guy. 
Yeah, and if you can only get one of either him or Sanchez, like, hey, Alexi, you should have pushed harder last year. Thanks, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just... That's, you're that's both... the thing. I don't think he did everything that he could have done this summer to, to force him. Yeah, yeah. That and and they're both the same age, so I'm going to take the guy who's immensely more talented. Yeah, the guy who's better, yes. Yeah. Um, no, it's yeah. interesting and it's fun to think about. And we shall see. But, um, yeah. So, I don't know if you have anything that you wanted to add here. No, I'm good. It's college football Saturday. I'm ready. College football Saturday. Um, so, for those of our American listeners who are into that who, sort of thing... Who do you got tonight, Bama or... Oh, I always take Bama. I just, just, it's just a practical it's, rule. It's just sort of a pragmatic thing. Yeah. Bama, and, and like most of the games that they're going to play, Bama are going to be the best team on the field. Yeah, yeah. It's like, who are you picking tonight, Bama or Bama? You didn't even Bama let me Bama. finish. Florida State's going to be real good, though. I yeah, I, dude. I am not convinced in in Alabama. Like I'm, I'm not. I who did they hire as their offensive coordinator again? Sark. No, no, Sark's with the Atlanta Sark Falcons. Atlanta, that's right. Yeah, uh, he got hired and then he. Sark quit. was there for like two days and then he went. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, which I imagine that had to be a. a <laughs> hey Nick, I'm taking the job. All right, great. Put out an announcement. <laughs> Do a press conference. Hey, Nick, I'm leaving for the Atlanta Falcons. I bet that conversation had some fucking colorful words. Ooh, man. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, you can edit that part out. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> people want to hear this. Maybe I'll leave this in. Maybe people want to hear our thoughts on college football. I want to hear this. Look. We are, have a vast palette of sports knowledge that we are happy to share with you. We we really do. I I think Florida State are going to be and you know what tougher about, out. We had we had listener questions about the Super Bowl last year, so this is well within our purview. Thank you very much. Yeah, that, that's true. Precedent has been set. So, at no, a much this is not level. being edited out. You're going to listen to it and you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, there have been, like, UConn nearly lost to Holy Cross last night. You know how fun that would have been. Um, It's been a rather uneventful week one, so Florida State and Alabama is really about the only fun we're going to get. Like... I, I don't think LSU is a top 25 team, and I think that eventually they're not even going to be a five-win team. Not without RBG, they're not. Uh, LSU, Ed Orgeron is such an overrated head coach. And I keep I, – I feel like I need to remind people of this. Ed Orgeron threw a temper tantrum and quit on his team because he didn't get picked to be the head coach. He was offered to become the highest paid person there, even ahead of the head coach. But because it wasn't the job he wanted, even after he preached family all year, he upped and quit and walked out on them right before the bowl. 
As far as I'm concerned, I hope that dude chokes at every job he has. Like, you don't walk out on a team. You don't quit on your team. You don't, like, I have no respect for any manager who quits. Who quits. Who preaches family and then quits when something doesn't go their way. Like, Okay, you didn't get the job. You stay, you finish, you coach that damn bowl game, and you try and help them win it. Bobby Petrino is cringing somewhere right now. Well, Bobby Petrino, sack of crap. All right, yeah. You'll have to catch our Bobby Petrino opinions another time. Tweet him at Fight on Twist for hot Bobby Petrino takes. Hot, hot Bobby takes. Hashtag Hot Bobby. Almost as hot as his bike accident. Hell yeah. All right. On that note. <laughs> I wonder why he just didn't tell her to, like, go somewhere. <laughs> God. Oh, God. We are sponsored by Blogtime. You can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. You can search for us on iTunes and subscribe to our podcast by searching American Citizens in the iTunes podcast section, whatever it's called. Um, so, we'll be back with the Liverpool preview close to the Liverpool game, I'm sure. Um, until then, I hope you're enjoying the internationals. Huh. I'm not. I'm not either. I, I'm not even watching them. I'm not either. So, instead, enjoy college football, and we'll be back at you soon. Um, and uh, enjoy the week, everybody. For Josh, I'm Gray. Have a good one. We'll talk to you again soon.